And welcome back to the True Patriot Podcast, folks. You're going to have to excuse me here if a fanboy out uh, uh, from time to time. For those of you uh, around uh, professional fishing or any type of fishing, our guest uh, for this interview needs absolutely zero introduction. You know who the man is. For those of you outside of the fishing industry, you're in for a treat here. We have uh, one of the most successful, most consistent anglers uh, that has our generation has seen in the last 30 years. Mr. Mike McClellan, thank you so very much for joining us here. Well, thank you, Gene, for having me. I uh, couldn't think of a better day to be doing it. I am actually uh, arrived on site here at Sam Rayburn, and uh, we've got a little cold front. It's a little chilly down here in South <laughs> Texas right now, so uh I couldn't think of a better day to be sitting here in the uh, RV doing a podcast with you and not spending time on the water today. So now I spent 10 years up north in Minnesota. I, I, our definitions of cold might be different. What's what's cold down there right now? What's what, what are Well, like? cold down here is anytime the temperature drops below freezing. They don't see that very often down here. And uh, That's cold. That's cold. <laughs> the air is moist and it just makes it feel that much colder. It was uh it was 11 degrees when I left uh, Table Rock Lake yesterday morning to to make my way down here and uh it feels just as cold at 30 down here in South Texas Texas as it did at 11 in uh in Southwest Missouri for sure. That humidity that's uh that's a uh, definitely an equalizer for sure. Especially when you're doing, you know, 60 65 across the lake trying to get to your next scan spot there, right? <laughs> exactly. And practice <laughs> doesn't actually start till Monday, so uh gotcha. I'm going to spend a couple days on Toledo Bend the uh, next two days. I'm going to get over to Toledo regardless of how cold it is and uh see what these Texas bass are doing these days. Awesome. That uh, that is a bucket list uh, location for us. I'm going to have the opportunity April two to go down there myself, and uh, and so yeah, I'm going to be watching you guys real close, seeing what uh, what what happens there. That's exciting. So leading up into this, I mean, you you're starting off with the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit on this first one here, but you're also doing the Bass Pro Tour. Before I get into that and start asking you how in the heck, how much iced tea does it take to be able to pull that crazy schedule off? I want to just kind of help out a couple of the viewers um, out there that maybe are new to this. Um, Mike has been fishing for over 30 plus years uh, professionally, obviously probably been fishing his entire life. Um, according to the MLF site, eight major wins, 35 top tens. And folks, here's the staggering one to me as a fellow a competitive angler, over 67 top 20s. Now I was doing the math on this. Even in the old days, and I say old days uh, just because, you know, some of our viewers are much younger than I am. Um, <laughs> even back in the 90s, uh, you, you can confirm this for me. What, uh, the major circuits there, you guys are fishing, what, 10, 11 events a year? In a lot of cases, not nearly that many. I mean, when we first started fishing the Invitationals, a lot of times you were only fishing four to six events a year. I mean, most all of us had full-time jobs yep. and fishing was just something we were working into our schedules. And so, yeah, for me to have competed now on the professional levels for 20 plus years, I mean, I have been fishing tournaments for over 30 years, but as a full-time touring pro for over 20 years, it's pretty crazy. I actually was just informed the other day that I have actually reached the 300 uh, professional level tournament plateau uh matt pangrat brought that up to me on another podcast and right i guess i let that slip by me but uh it's <coughs> excuse me it's pretty crazy 
that uh, the ones of us that have stuck with this have spent as many days on the water and fished as many events as we actually have. And I'm, I'm actually behind a few guys there. There's a few of these guys that have uh, put up a few more numbers than I have. Well, I'll tell you uh, in, in a previous interview I did, um, we, we talk about, you know, perception out there on the, on the series of how things are looked at and what's equated to what. And my view of how the landscape lays for you guys is very, very simple in that the, the uh, tackle warehouse pro circuit and the elites are basically at the same level. And I have always maintained that the Bass Pro Tour is, is literally the BPT is like an all-star game. Every time you guys are the best of the best. And the stats back it up. I, if you just went over 300, <laughs> 67, this is the part I was telling people, uh, said I was so impressed with, top 20s. This is cash and checks. This is this is going around the country in, in crazy weather systems, no matter what different types of bodies of water. That represents 67 top 20s over 300. You That is almost, yeah, you're 22% of the time, man. You're... I, that is phenomenal, Mike. That is, those are some fun stats to take a look at. Um, the danger in those are guys like me going, oh, that's what I need to try, try to achieve. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, we just want to go out there and have a good showing, put five in the boat half the time, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, what you just said about the, the Bass Pro Tour and the, the you know, the, the all-star field, I mean, in years past, you know, especially when we first did the cup format, uh, you, you would look at the groups and you would always try to pick a group that you thought was a little bit weaker than the other. And, and as time has gone on, when you show up to a Bass Pro Tour event, there's no weakness there. I mean, everybody there is the best of the best. They're capable of cashing a check anywhere you put them. And it's really all about just how the week goes for that particular angler. I mean, we're all capable of, you know, I would be astounded to probably know how many tournament wins there are compiled among the group of our anglers. Um, it would be incredible. And you just never even think about the fact that the, the field isn't that strong because it's strong from top to bottom. So this was, I want to say, right during, uh, right when the buyout took place. Um, or the not buyout, the merger took place between MLF and FLW. When that took place and the new announcement of the, the series was coming around, there was, you know, obviously our industry, very traditional, very conservative, uh, don't like change sometimes. <laughs> and so, <laughs> sure. yes, sir. So trying to make that switch over, there was a lot of, uh, you know, emotion and such on social media as it, as it seems to draw out for a lot of people. But there was a meme that, uh, a picture that came out and I want to say it was by the MLF actually put this picture out. I grinned from ear to ear and was like, oh my gosh. And what it was, was a comparison based on career winnings, career wins. And it showed the competitors, you know, field. It showed all these things in there. It was abruptly taken down because mm -hmm. there was a lot of, that's not cool. That's not classy to show that. <laughs> It's like, but, but you guys were just the ones claiming that, you know, this or that. I just thought that when I saw that number, you're right. I was staggered. I was like, wow. And, and it's, it's pretty cool to look at the merger that did take place. You know, FLW had always done a, a great job with what they had done. And I mean, just to give major league fishing the whole background of what we needed you know from the grassroots level all the way to the very tip top of the iceberg 
being the Bass Pro Tour, I mean, a guy that starts off in weekend series now knows that he can reach that pinnacle. And it's a true qualifying ground all the way from top to bottom. And, uh, you know, that's what makes it so exciting for me, you know, not only being involved on the, the, the ownership side to a degree with the major league fishing, but to be a part of being able to compete in the pro circuit now, you know, I mean, I've always been one that loves to fish a lot of events. I mean, as a professional angler, I mean, it's my title is to fish and the more <laughs> events I can fish, the happier I am and having the opportunity now to, I mean, I'm scheduled to fish 13 tour level events this year between the Bass Pro Tour, the pro circuit, and then the opportunity to qualify for cups and red crest and, you know, the uh, title event. Uh, it was a great event. We had at uh, lacrosse last year and uh, I'm looking forward to another great year on the, the pro circuit as well as the Bass Pro Tour. Well, and it's, you know, I've, I love watching the Bass Pro Tour guys uh, come down to, uh, to to fish with the on on the same level there because it just not only does it help with you know the notoriety piece but it also gives those guys at the pro circuit level a chance to go against the best of the best and highlight their skills you know that they they show just how good you know this the, how deep the talent is in that in that field and it, I mean, it's no joke, man. It's, it's, it's awesome seeing, uh, seeing you guys uh, be able to compete, you know, and have the schedules to work for that. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, what you just said is a big part of it. I mean, if you're going to win an event, you want to win that event fishing against the best of the best. And, and those guys at the pro circuit level are, are doing that right now. And, you know, to go compete against that group of anglers, I mean, there are a lot of talented anglers across the board, you know, no matter what circuit you're talking about, there are guys yep. capable of being at any level they want to be. And it's just a matter of where that choice has been made to, uh, you know, to, to want to play on which platform you want to play on. And, uh, sure. you know, right now to me, the Bass Pro Tour, Major League Fishing, we've got so many things uh, in our going in our favor. Uh, you know, we made a big announcement yesterday with the new Fantasy, Fantasy Fishing, uh, the new Bally's Bet sponsorship. There's just a lot of great things happening within the organization. The TV time has been tremendous. I mean, I know as my career has gone on, um, my numbers on, you know, TV as far as social media impression, well, not social media impressions, but uh, TV time have skyrocketed, you know, since the inception of the Cups. And uh, it, it just gives a lot of anglers the opportunity to be viewed and to uh, to repre represent their sponsors in the way that they need to be represented. Which is really, you know, that that gear that drives it, man. That's what we need, you know, we, when we talk about those things, you know, in this, this takes us right into you to me have, have always demonstrated and have shown and I, and watching the best uh, talk live podcast there. I love the fact that how you talked about that, that one of the secrets to the long-term success of, of your sponsorships, you know, these long-term relationships is that they were founded on relationships, you know, and, and mm -hmm. I've made, I've maintained that for quite some time when I talk to younger guys that are, that are phenomenal uh, anglers, and they talk about wanting to do this, um, you know, time and time again. And I, and I, I try to remind them is that these deals don't get done, um, you know, based on a lot of the things that they think of it's, it starts with you, people got to know you, you know, and you have had some amazing relationships. Now we got the new one with Andy's out there. I was Super excited. <laughs> I was blown away because, so I visit Lake of the Ozarks uh, every uh -huh. year. And right there in Osage Beach, man, I drive right by it. 
that thing is lit up like a like a grease movie you know i mean it's <laughs> it has that the lights the original andy's location that is it where is? it all began for andy's uh the year i graduated high school 1986 i was fishing what was then the red man tournament circuit which was you know later flw weekend series but uh i remember you know the andy's location there in lake of the ozarks from the year i graduated high school and visiting there and then living there on table rock they they started you know uh, expanding into that uh, springfield branson area nice. so andy's to me has just been a mainstay for a lot of years and to have a childhood friend uh, our dads were actually in paint business together many many years ago when we were when we were kids nice. to have it come full circle to being able to get in business with him now to represent andy's excuse me it's an awesome opportunity and uh the thing about andy's is it it fits so well with our community i mean just simply the fact that i mean fishing is such a family-oriented sport you know there's so many professional sports that are individual you know players actually it seems like in the the nfl and nba you know a lot of times they're not even with their family through the course of the season and to be involved in this sport, you've got to have that strong family support mechanism. And that's what Andy's to me represents. I mean, it's a place to go, whether you're a kid, an adult, to go enjoy life, be a kid for a while, and, and just get back to what makes life fun. And uh, that's what's cool about Andy's and, and the relationship that we're going to be able to establish here. That's awesome, man. And, you know, and it, it goes right to the one of the things that sometimes folks don't pick up on mind you, I'm on a far, far way down the line level compared to where you're at. But with our sponsorships that we pick up, even it, people don't understand that, you know, this is not about a, a monetary piece here. You, we're putting our name. And as you said, our families know other families and we know other people. I don't want to be a, you know, no amount of money is, 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 you know, uh, equated to having a, a bad rep of, you know, and <laughs> so no, it's, you know, you, you want to feel proud of these organizations. And so that's so cool to have the, have those roots uh, like you have with that. Yeah. Let's talk, um, you know, on some of the other, I mean, you, how long have you been with Ranger boats? Well, the Ranger thing has been an acquisition deal through other company buyouts, but I mean, oh, okay. it's, it's, I've never left the boat group that I have been involved with. Um, I spent a lot of my career in uh, the Stratus champion brand. Right. Um, but when it was acquired by White River Marine and, and they chose to go a different direction, it's really cool for me because I started my career in a Ranger. The first new bass boat I ever owned was a 1988 374V Ranger. Nice. So for me to now go full circle and be back in a Ranger, working with some of the same people that I worked with back in 1988, it's wow. been a great uh, just full circle deal. And again, that, that brings back that family tie to the thing. It's amazing how tight-knit the boat industry really is. And to be working with the same people that I've had the opportunity to work with for so long in such a long-term relationship is a great scenario. The new Rangers this year, I just picked up my new 520R a couple of weeks ago. I've had it on the water for four or five hours, well, running time for four or five hours, but I've spent, you know, two or three full days in it. The advancements that Ranger has made this year in the new 520R is incredible. I mean, they have taken my, excuse me. 
myself, Skeet Reese, a number of other Ranger pros were at uh, Product Knowledge a few years ago. And, and we had a little, you know, roundtable discussion about what do you guys want to see in the next generation of boats? And, you know, a year later, we're calling, asking where the new boat is. And a couple of years later, and they're like, you know, guys, this takes time. And it's two and a half, three years later now. And the new 520R addressed every concern that we as anglers brought to the table. I mean, when we talk change, they brought it with this new 520R. And I mean, everything from the, the running platform, the way the boat performs on the water to the, you know, the creature features in the boat. I mean, the storage is the cooler uh, net storage, I mean, live well system, battery boxes, everything was addressed. And I've never been in a boat that I'm prouder to be in than the one I'm in right now. That's awesome. You know, in, in that, you know, it speaks when, when people can hear this firsthand, this is the, you know, in the world of social media, of course, everybody's got opinions and they, they make the most outlandish statements <clears throat> thinking that they have this anonymity piece and unfortunately, unfortunately, there are still groups of folks out there that take that, that opinion as fact without actually doing any kind of real research. So it's, it's awesome to hear, you know, someone like you that is as is, is, is real as it gets, you know, shed light in these areas. You know, Johnny, uh, any, any major uh, highly successful individual will be polarizing to some folks. We know that. Uh, that's, oh, yeah. it's, that's not specific to just Johnny Morris or Bass Pro Shops. Um, but when, when they, you know, acquired Ranger and Triton and so forth, of course, there was the, oh, no, now you're going to, you know, cheapen this up, cheapen that up. Uh, if, if they just took a minute, in my personal opinion, did the research on how, you know, the, this company was formed, where it came from, the innovation they've done. And so to hear that Ranger's still rocking Ranger. I mean, I've always referred to you guys as, I mean, you're the Cadillac on the water out there. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's the, the most recognizable name out there, whether people are into fishing or not, they know Ranger boats, man. Oh, it's, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, without a doubt. And, you know, there's so many features and, and that, that's a segment that I'm going to get into a little bit as the, the season progresses, just to to go through the new 520R and talk about all of the details. I mean, this boat, just everything about it, the fit and finish. Uh, I mean, the seats are fully fiberglass cases now with cushions in them. So oh, wow. everything has advanced to the next level. And I mean, when you talk about Johnny Morrison, it's not like Johnny doesn't have the background. I mean, Johnny once was out here competing, you know, on the circuit. So exactly, Johnny knows what people want when it comes to bass boats and, to me, the the acquisition of Ranger and the other companies that Johnny controls now has basically made his technology across the board stronger than any other boat group out there. I mean, Johnny has the best of the best in all of the boat brands now, and it's just what level and what price range you want to be in. White River Marine has the boat to fit any angler's uh, needs. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more as a, as a fellow white river. I, I run, we've run the nitro Z 21 and I have been absolutely uh, uh, extremely pleased with that boat for the last couple of years. One other one that uh, you and I had a chance to talk with in, in an effort for full disclosure. Um, I have met Mike previously a couple of years ago, there was a soup, what they called a super tournament where they invited uh, some of the Bass Pro Tour guys to come fish uh, uh, one of the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit events. 
And I had the opportunity to enter that as a marshal. Well, well, Mike was my uh, day two boater that I drew. So I had a chance to spend the day with him uh, out there and, uh, and uh, kind of watch, uh, watch this guy go to work. And one of the things, Mike, that I remember coming back from that thing that was uh, first, you and Josh Bertrand converted me out of a un- unmentioned name of electronics. I am now Garmin through and through. <laughs> And I'll uh, tell you what, it wasn't hard to do though, was it? Oh my goodness. No. Cause I was not <laughs> very pleased with the uh, one season into those other, those other ones. I just uh-huh. Garmin not only addressed all my issues, but then has just, you know, gone even beyond that. That's a different pitch, but motor guide, mm-hmm. you've been with motor guide now for some time and you're still with motor guide. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm not making, I don't have sales figures, but the, not for nothing. The press is on the ghost. It's on the force. It's on, you know, the Ultrex is even losing ground now because of that, that ghost in force, man, they've to put a, a hurt, but now motor guards resurgence on this, that tour, you know, level that thing is it's, it's got traction and it's got teeth and it's coming about on in the sales side. It, it definitely does. And the thing about motor guide that I think they've done, that some of the other companies didn't do is they've, they've just taken a little bit more time in making sure that the motor guide tour pro is where they want it to be. You know, motor guide, when it comes to trolling motors, I mean, it's just synonymous with the name because I mean, everybody that's fished knows motor guide trolling motors and motor guide still builds the, you know, the tour edition, which is just your standard cable steer motor, as well as the X fives and a variety of different motors that are, that are highly used in other areas. But when this whole new market came with, you know, the, the spot lock te- technology and the anchor modes and all of these different things, motor guide is just taking their time. And now with the acquisition of, of Navco, you know, motor guide and, and ghost to a degree are going to be working hand in hand. So I really believe in the future, you're even going to see greater advancements from that particular standpoint. And, you know, again, it goes back to those relationships. Uh, I'm working yes, with some of the same people with Motor Guide, not necessarily that we're with Motor Guide, but we're with other companies throughout the industry for the last 20 plus years. So, I mean, I've had the Brunswick the family, right? Yeah, to maintain yeah. those tight knit relationships. And the communication is so much better. I mean, when you have stayed and stuck with one company throughout your career, when you talk, people tend to listen a little bit, you know, it's like, well, this guy isn't coming from another company telling us that we need to do this or that he's telling us from his experiences, you know, with our product and what he's seen other companies do. So it's really a great opportunity for me to be involved with motor guide for the years that I've never run another trolling motor. I mean, throughout my whole career, I've been motor guide, you know, throughout everything. So, uh, They've come a long ways, and uh, there, there's a lot of opportunities, I think, that we're going to see even with more advancements now with the uh, acquisition of Nav- Navco. That's exciting. I've had a chance to explore into them. We're we're going to be expanding uh, from the big boat world, uh, joining into the kayak world of tournament fishing this year. You told me that the um, other day. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're waiting to make the official announcement uh, uh, once I, I get a chance to uh, see the paperwork, you know, we put together just right. But yes, we're, we're, it's with one of the, one of the bigger companies for sure. We are, we are beside ourselves uh, for this opportunity, but the lead into that is in that Motor Guide has a specific line of uh, trolling motors for the kayaks. 
it's yeah. it's a much more compact design it's uh, they've got the 12 volt systems to make it easy because not for nothing you know I've, I've got a 36 volt i got four batteries in the back of my nitro i don't have that kind of space in the back of the the kayak that i'm gonna be running <laughs> so running a good solid lithium of some kind back there in a 12 volt series you know it's in i'm gonna be needing it to handle you know lots of work back there but the motor guide xi3 and i think even the xi5 you know uh, both yeah. both of those have uh, just some really, really interesting things. And they're in the price points, I got to tell you, are phenomenal uh, yeah. compared to what I'm used to. I, I will say that, man, on the, the kayak side of things, it's a uh, man, their cost of ownership sure is a fraction of what it is for us right now. <laughs> it, it definitely is. And it's definitely a growing market. I know uh, through the shows that I've had the opportunity to work the last few years, the kayak presence and what is going on in that industry is incredible. In fact, one of the uh, camera guys for the Bass Pro Tour MLF events is highly involved in one of the kayak circuits. So nice. every time every time he's in my boat as, as my camera guy, I get to hear about the kayak world and, and the events that are going on. And it, it's pretty amazing how somebody can get involved compete on a tournament level you know that we're used to competing on and, and compete for some pretty good money for yep. like you said a, a fraction of the cost that it, it takes to be you know fishing at the level that uh, you and i are used to fishing at and so this brings me to the million dollar question we didn't talk about this beforehand uh, but <laughs> and you may not know the answer to this but MLF kayak division, baby. Where is it coming? Is it in the talks? Have you heard it next to the I, water cooler? I can honestly say I have not heard mention of it. Okay. But, uh, you know, with the involvement of some of the guys that are cameramen, I'm sure it's been bounced around off of some of the upper management uh, head. I, I, I think we've got a lot on our plate right now with uh, Major League Fishing. I'm not going to okay. say never. Right, right. But, I mean, when you think about the weekend series, the Toyota series, the pro circuit, I mean, we've got a full plate of things to run right now. And uh, maybe we leave the kayaks to somebody else. I don't know. I'm not making those decisions, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of room for growth. You never know. Well, if they're hearing us out there, you know what? The, 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 the thing to me that made so much sense is at the highest level, we are catch way release. Mm -hmm. The kayak is that catch photo release. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is a difference. It's a, it's a measurement in length, not weight. Um, but man, I just, it's the conservation piece gets represented so well with, uh, with that stuff. That's what we're excited to, to get our feet wet this year. Uh, hopefully my feet don't get too wet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <That's a fact. laughs> yeah. And uh, I'll tell you being a, uh, a, not a small guy really changes the type of kayak I'm interested in, man. I'll tell you that. You're wanting the Cadillac of kayaks. <laughs> I need the Ranger kayak. What's yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. some people, Mike. Let's see what we yeah. can do. <laughs> so. Well, that's awesome, man. And this, you know, it kind of brings around uh, to the to another section here that I, I we talk about quite a bit on the veteran support side. Um, and you guys, you have it, man. I've seen it firsthand. I had the, the, the honor to, to meet your better half there at, uh, at that uh, title event there that and we were she's at. she's definitely my better half. I yes. will admit that. You know, we got it right when we outkick our coverage, right? You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I did a great job on that. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> but that support system, it's, it's so critical in, in the veteran support and first responder support, the nonprofits have taught me that, you know, the entire family serves and that's, we're talking military or first responder. And 
they, to get, you know, the support level they need, you know, it's so, so important that these nonprofits provide it to the families as well um, and give them these options. And I, I always tell them, and you can speak about this, you know, to, to a higher degree in, in, in competitive fishing, regardless of the level, even at the weekend, you know, angler at the BFL level, um, it, it is absolutely paramount and critical as well as that you have that support structure. If your mind is thinking, man, the, my wife, my husband, you know, would rather have me home. Doesn't like me being out here. You're done. You might as well just pack her up, put her on the trailer and go home. Yeah. You've got to know that things are. So I, you have an amazing from how you guys travel. Um, I know that uh, Mr. Worldwide was a benefactor there for a couple seasons (laughs) of you guys. Talk to us about your still still doing that. Nice. I'm glad to see him out of that school bus or whatever it was that he Uh, had. (laughs) But uh, talk about that. I mean, the support structure from family, how important that is. You know, it it, it really is a big deal. And, and, you know, it it does for sure start first and foremost with, you know, the ones that are on the road with us. And and that being, you know, my spouse, my wife, Stacy. And, uh, you know, since the boys graduated high school, the last one, uh, was out. We made that decision that she was going to travel with me full time. We bought a, a fifth wheel RV that uh, I pull when we travel to the event. She pulls the uh, the boat with the, the Toyota Tundra. And uh, once we get on site, you know, it, it's like home. And, uh, you know, she runs the RV, the, the fifth wheel, just like we do our household. And <laughs> just having everything in your own space is so incredible, you know, not worrying about what the hotel is going to be like, or the resort that you're, you're checking into knowing that you're sleeping in your own bed at night is a big deal. But, um, you know, the support that she offers. And I think if I remember correctly, the day you and I drew out, when we got to the launch ramp, you were all about wanting to put me in and, you know, launch me and all that. And I'm like, Oh, don't worry about it. Just get in the boat. My wife's going to take care of it, you know? And, yep. and you know, I, I like to brag on her because I mean, I feel like she can back a boat and, and trailer as well as a lot of, uh, you know, anglers out here that have been doing it for some time. And, you know, you're like, well, this is the life you just jump in the boat. <laughs> she launches you and off you go, you know, and, and that's part of it, you know, being able to just, uh, you know, maximize the time that we have on the water. I mean, typically when I practice, unless I'm driving a long ways from where I'm going to actually be camping, a lot of times, you know, she puts me in in the morning, dumps me off. I don't have to worry about parking the vehicle. I know I'm spoiled, but it just (laughs) makes me maximize the time I have on on the water to to work. And, you know, you come in in the evenings and, and that's when you get to develop that uh, support system among the other people you travel with. I mean, we travel with a great group of, of anglers and uh, myself, Brett Height, uh, David Walker. Uh, you mentioned James Watson worldwide, um, David Walker, uh, Rusty Seleski, the winner of the, uh, the title event a couple years ago. And just the support level that we give each other, it, we're, it's, it's the camaraderie. Yeah, we're in fierce competition and we want to beat that guy the next day on the water. But if you come in in the evening and you've got a boat problem or something's going on that, that somebody can help with, we're always here to help each other. So that's, awesome. that's a big part of it. But then you go into the, the family support from home. I mean, I have had the support from my parents and my entire family throughout my career. When I, when I first told them I wanted to be a professional angler and skip going to college, they were all kind of, are you sure? You know, this is... <laughs> but I mean, once I made that decision, they have supported me from day one. And without that family support, 
Um, you know, the reason I'm probably fishing at the level I am today was my dad makes a product called Pro Locker. It's a long rod carrying case. It basically looks like a big soft sided gun case. So okay. if anybody's looking for a great way to carry rods, uh, go to ProLockerOutdoors.com. It's great when you travel, um, but it's ProLockerOutdoors.com. And we went to the Classic in Greensboro, North Carolina. I believe it was in 1984 or 85. I can't remember if Mark Davis or uh, Denny Brower won that particular one, but it opened my eyes up to the fact that tournament fishing was truly as big as it was. I mean, I, I was, you know, 16, 17 years old. I, I was already fishing, but I really didn't realize what it was all about. Right. And uh, after that classic, uh, that's when, you know, the the real work started for me. And, and I made a decision then that I wanted to figure out a way to get there. Now, it took me a while to get there. I mean, you know, it was uh, into the I guess the late 90s before I really ever got to compete in a first my first full year of, of an open, you know, invitational field or something like that. Right. But it definitely opened the door. So that family support that I've had from day one has been critical. And, and like you said, you know, when you start talking about the first responders and the, you know, the ones that serve our country, I mean, they've got to have the same kind of family support we do when you're, when you're away from your family, uh, you've got to have that support mechanism to keep you going. You know, in, in, from, from day to day, you know, I, I just wanted to comment probably, you know, when you go to, to your family, especially when you're young and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this pro fish. It's got to be the same thing as saying I'm joining a band. <laughs> it's, <laughs> a going. it's a lot different now than it was 20 years ago. You know, right. fishing has made the corner, you know, they, we've got high school programs and college teams now where when right. I made the decision to do it, it was just kind of a, you know, it was just something that some people did for a hobby, but, uh, right. you know, to, to say that in today's time is a little different than it was 20 or 25, or it may have even been 30 years ago that I made that commitment that that's what I wanted to do. Right. You know, and there's still areas that I can tell you, I go around and I talk to people and I tell them, you know, they ask what I do. I'm like, I competitively fish. And in their mind, I've talked to these guys after the fact, in their mind, the first thing they do is they envision me sitting there with a bobber. You know? exactly. They're like, how is that competitive? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. That's yeah. passive and active fishing. Very, very different world. Yeah. So, well, and I think the one thing I'll say there, if anybody will just take the time to watch, uh, you know, a major league fishing event on TV, they're yes. going to realize real quick that this is truly a sport. I mean, it, it's, we go from daylight till dark in most cases now on, on tournament days, we have structured hours, but uh, that's another thing I love about major league fishing is the breaks we get because right. when you fish for two and a half hours, it's nice to be able to sit down off the clock and know that nobody else is catching one. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it is, it is a grind. It is a grind. And it's some of the best, you know, when the, when the, the weights are tight uh, out there, it's some of the best uh, for me, uh, it's some of the best TV, uh, you know, in sports uh, coverage piece. They're just watching that. And, and I love uh, the production piece that MLF does with a lot of those, how they, they kind of build up to, to those areas. One of the other keys on this, and I was mentioning this, we were laughing a little bit about it, but it's the truth. You're in phenomenal health. Um, you know, I, I was saying, you know, I was watching you, you know, up on deck there, man, you got the sharp calves going there. I'm like, wow. You know, that's a, obviously, you know, you, you get your walks and you do this. One of the segments that I covered previously is about that angler health, mental, 
uh, and physical, the importance of it, even for the weekend guy, um, things we can do. And one of the big pieces is that nutrition thing, man. It's how big of a role. And, and I, I apologize up front if I'm breaking any, any, any unwritten rules here, but that lunch that your wife made for you in the boat, I'm like, now that's the deal. I'm over here with like a gas station burrito that's still frozen, you know, (laughs) but that is to me, that's critical. I mean, nutrition, yeah, you got to keep your mind sharp. And I mean, I, I don't understand how some of these anglers compete the hours that we compete without putting nutrition in their bodies. I mean, I get up every morning, eat a, you know, a, a, an egg, a, some bacon, sausage, biscuit, whatever. I've got to keep that fuel going. And, and, you know, maybe my metabolism just still runs at a fairly high level, but, but I also work out. I mean, when, when the season ends, especially, I mean, we do a lot of walking in the, in the campgrounds while we're on site during the tournament year, but when the tournament season ends is when I start conditioning for the next season. I don't go home and take a break. Right. I'm back on the treadmill, um, back doing what I I need to be to condition for the next year. You know, I don't do lift weights, but I do a lot of band exercises, stretching. But you have to keep yourself physically fit and mentally fit to be a competitor. And, you know, I think that goes back to what you were talking about with first responders and, and yep. those that serve in the military. I mean, you've got to be sharp all the time to be able to, to do those roles and those jobs. And there's that direct connection from nutrition to mental health. Um, and that's where it, you know, it also uh, blends into the, the uh, veteran support service side yeah. pieces, talking about that, you know, helping keep clear focus, clear decision making, uh, you know, being able to handle uh, a lot of different things all at once without letting it really, you know, overcloud on that. Yeah, and now, I've got to, I've got to spend that time so I can eat a few more Andy's frozen custards this year. <laughs> exactly, more band work, more custards in there. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to tell you, now when I go uh, on March twelfth, when we head to Osage Beach there, and we're hitting our first event of the year, I've got to stop by Andy's. Now I don't care if it's you know freezing outside or not. We're getting a frozen custard there, and Absolutely. we're going to tell them Mike sent us. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, as we. Um, have talked about a little bit on that uh, veteran piece there, the U S uh, uh, open that bass pro shops put on huge, massive, massive event, a, just a ton of dedication pieces throughout this whole thing. I think we, we were talking, there was, you know, possibly boats given away on this. I apologize. This is on me for not uh, getting uh, some of the research done prior to this. Um, but we know that Bass Pro Shops, Johnny Morris, White River Marine, all of the, the conglomerates there, you know, that, that are in this group, the support they give for, for our U.S. military, uh, their families, Gold Star families, uh, first responders. You've had an opportunity to partake, uh, you know, on some level as an angler to, to you know, pass on like, like we have to just share our passion with these. What, what was that experience like for you when, uh, when you got a chance to do that? It was just an incredible experience as a whole. You know, I've, I've had a couple different opportunities. Uh, the, the first event I was involved in was actually at Grand Lake. It was a Wounded Warriors event where they brought in, you know, Wounded Warriors from, from past uh, uh, services. And to spend the day in a boat with a guy that has served my country to allow me the freedoms to chase little brown and green fish around (laughs) and make a living doing it i mean it's just it's humbling it's overwhelming to know the sacrifices these people have made to give us that opportunity and uh 
you know, it, you, you almost get so caught up in just listening to their stories and, and what they've been through and, and what friends of theirs have been through and the loss of friendships and, you know, lives have done. And uh, it, it just really humbles you. And it, it's something that I definitely want to be more involved with is, as you know, maybe I slow down a little bit in my career, uh, had the opportunity at the U.S. Open, as you were mentioning, Johnny did a contest. Uh, he did two separate contests. He did one where he gave, I believe it was 11 boats to, you know, kids under a certain age that sent videos in basically saying why they deserve to be a winner of one of these uh, Bass Tracker boats. <laughs> and he also did it for uh, military uh, people. And uh, two of the guys that won the boats, I got to meet both of them there at uh, the U.S. Open, you know, has served our country they got boats and uh, got to compete in a head-to-head competition against one another. Nice. And the intensity level, I mean, I, we didn't get to talk stories much that day because, I mean, this guy was, I mean, as intense as I have ever seen a, a competitor yep. uh, about this head-to-head competition. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, they basically have congratulated one another for winning the boats. But then the guy that actually won the head to head event said, I'm sharing, you know, the purse with you because, you know, we did this together. And so it was a, it was a cool deal as a whole, but uh, you know, I believe both of the, uh, the veterans that were there were purple heart recipients and uh, you know, for Johnny to, to do what he does with uh, you know, not just what he did with that, but the whole U S open as a whole was a, a great deal to, to see for the whole industry. I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's one of the things that we, we, in, a, in a, some of our other podcasts and, and anytime people talk with me about it, I always tell them, you know, we're, we're not here for the politics and I'm not here to bash on, on the VA or anything else. But the fact of the matter is that our veterans, their families, the first responders, their families, they don't get enough support. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't, they don't get what, at least at the minimum of what they would deserve. And, you know, that's why we, we do what we do. I had an opportunity at the Warrior Bonfire in Vienna, Missouri, there to spend spend some time with them, and I can tell you, it was it changed everything for us, and it's why we are here now. Um, and- yeah, just listening to you talk about that a little bit uh, that that is definitely uh, an event that, uh, as time goes on, if if my schedule allows, I'd sure like to uh, visit with you more about that and maybe get involved in that deal. That sounds like a neat neat deal. That would be amazing i uh, we have emails i'll i'll keep you in the loop uh, just as an fyi about schedule where it's going to be when it's going to be and yes we i totally totally understand man you have a, a lot of commitments out there but yes if the schedule's ever worked out number one i'd love to to, to get a chance to, to you know spend spend a few more days with you out there and uh, and chat and uh, introduce my wife to your wife that would be awesome. Uh, see if we can uh, uh, talk about this bacon and eggs thing first thing in the morning. There. <laughs> um, listen, Mike, I can't thank you enough uh, for taking the time here. You know, for us, as we're young, we're, we're coming up, we're trying to cut a name for ourselves out there. The whole purpose resides around, you know, uh, a broader reach for us to be able to give these nonprofits a stage where people just learn about them learn about what they're doing. That's who we're trying to direct people to. And so to have a, you know, a, a, a guy like you come on board, you know, our little, our little deal here like this, it just, I'll, I'll never be able to express to you how grateful we are and, and how much it means to uh, myself. And I know the rest of our, of the nonprofits that, are, that we're working with here, man. Thank you so very much. 
It's been great to be here, and it's been fun to be here, man. We've we've cut up, we've had fun, we've uh, talked through a lot of different scenarios, and uh, I'm here to help. I mean, if if you want some names of some other guys that uh, could come join you on the podcast, I'll definitely be happy to share those with you as well. Let's talk afterwards because we absolutely would. I always tell the guys on the assisted uh, trips that we take, uh, you know, with the with the heroes we take out. One or two things going to happen. I can't guarantee we're going to catch fish on these Colorado waters, but you're either going to laugh with me or at me. One of the two. <laughs> well, thank you again, Mike. Uh, we, we sincerely appreciate it and best of luck. We're going to be following you. We'll probably uh, share some results and pieces and uh, anytime you want to, uh, you know, uh, reach out to us there. If you have some, some cool news or whatever we can help with, please let us know. Definitely will Gene. Good to talk to you. Gotta call up. Fuck.